The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin of WebmasterRadio.fm, and I am joined by, with my fabulous co-host, Jian Wei of PR Web, and you are listening to Cover Story. Hello, Jian. Hey, how are you doing, Brandy? I'm doing terrific on this fabulous summer day. How are you? I am doing uh, fabulous, actually. So what, what makes you so fabulous? I mean, I know what makes you so fabulous, but what do you think makes you so fabulous? Well, let's see. Um, what's so fabulous? I guess the fact that it is um, Friday afternoon here in D.C., and um, I think it looks like we're going to have a, a great weekend out here, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Good. There you go. Positive yeah. outlook, you know, positive, <laughs> positive because positive. That's terrific. So we have a wonderful guest today, a guest that uh, actually everyone has heard from before. Uh, he's actually a pillar in the PR community. Uh, without further ado, um, let's bring to you Michael J. Smith, who is the CEO of Michael Smith Business Development and has currently um, launched, my goodness, I think about a week ago, um, Michael Smith Public Affairs. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Brandy. It's good to be here. Terrific. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, like Xi'an, I'm also in Washington, D.C., and we love it when it's... Uh, uh, a nice weekend and not so humid. Uh, Congress is leaving in a week or so now for their August recess. Uh, they've been working hard on health care reform and trying to get some bills passed before they go. And uh, as you said, last week was the six-month anniversary uh, well, of Obama swearing in and of his inaugural, and that was the date that I opened my company. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. I think he's really moved the needle in a number of ways. Uh, and we as public relations and public affairs practitioners could really take a lesson about grassroots and how uh, companies and associations can scale their uh, constituencies, reach different audiences. I have a, a fun story to tell you about my own experience on the Obama campaign trail and why that was so personally affecting that I decided uh, to open a PA practice. There you go. So let's go back to the beginning a little bit um, and your involvement as a baseline and your involvement in the Obama campaign because you were really knee deep in that. I was. Last time you and I talked, we, uh, we were with Craig Newmark of Craigslist and he was an Obama technology spokesman in the surrogate spokesman program part of tech media and telecom, and I was his public relations advance. So I worked on Obama's press and advance campaign uh, for 18 months, uh, starting in Iowa, moving on to Texas, then on to uh, Virginia. But in the meantime, we had Craig Newmark and Eric Schmidt from Google and Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn all speaking on behalf of Obama 
in cities all over the country, uh, New York, L.A., Columbus, Detroit. And so it was really great to see how the messaging worked and how viral this campaign was, just as we talk about in PR. But the story is that in Iowa, we were lucky to get 500 college kids to come and see Obama. Nobody had heard of this man. Right. And, you know, he was state senator, then he was U.S. senator, but he was junior senator from Illinois. So we were lucky to get the college kids to come back to Iowa City to come and vote for him in the primary. And nobody on this campaign, including Axelrod, uh, David Axelrod, David Plouffe, uh, really felt they'd win Iowa. And then he did. So he was sort of the accidental candidate. Uh, who took Iowa because of outreach to young people. 87% of young first-time voters voted for Obama this past year. Which is terrific. Uh, And that is in part because Obama did something. And it's interesting to watch sort of the progression of all of the presidents and employing and deploying new tactics into, you know, public outreach. You know, you know, you know, I think, you know, you go back to Clinton and you had Clinton on the Arsenio Hall show you know, playing his, you know, hey, I'm a regular guy, I'm playing a saxophone to, right, to, you know, to to today or, you know, six months ago, let's say, or further back with Obama really creating a super strong social media outreach. That's right. In fact, the uh, social media team brought in so many people that were able to reach out to groups and constituents. Two Augusts ago, I went up to New York to take message development work from Obama. Having been in public relations for 27 years now, I thought I knew how to run message development, but they basically told me that everything I knew about it was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And that's because I was using kind of top-down messaging. Right. You know, you have the CEO and you have three core messages, Mm -hmm. and you usually try to bridge to those messages in the interview no matter what. Uh, and, and, in fact, um, the, it's, it's very much controlled. You try to control your media messaging. And today, in the social media world, in Twitter, in uh, 30,000 blogs that are actively covering media and politics right now. It's 140 characters. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 140 characters and, and so many bloggers okay. that there, there were more bloggers at the Democratic Convention than there were, uh, than there were press. So I think what... What we learned was that you can uh, leverage audiences and you can create uh, grassroots that can really assist you in your, in your campaign and in your message. So what I learned was that it's not about me and it's not about my CEO. It's about what the community wants and mm-hmm. let the community take your brand and your message forward. And I know you do a lot of SEO workshops and training in this area. And, and you take that, leverage it, and then maybe help add to the conversation or provide authentic commentary within the dialogue or blog about it yourself but make sure it is really the CEO in their own voice and not a PR person behind the scenes pulling the levers like, you know, Wizard of Oz. Right, um, right. So or like, that, tw- or they, like they do for Mad Men. They have, you know, an agency that Twitters, you know, for the characters. Which is sort of, right. you know, which is sort of interesting. It's effective, but it's interesting. But I think also what you're saying too is, um, is you know, a you were able to create a two way dialogue, but you're also able to take this community and allow them to evangelize for you. Yes. Well, and by the time we got to Texas, then we had thirty thousand people in a re- arena in the Texas caucus and primary, and the Dallas Cowboys leading the cheers for Obama. By the last day of the campaign, when I was on board there uh, in Virginia at uh, the fairgrounds, they had 95,000 people, and the place looked like Woodstock. So just going from 500 college kids to 30,000 Texans to 95,000 the last day of the campaign, and he came the day that his grandma died is when he gave that last speech. Right, of course. Uh, 
it was a, a moving experience. And then we saw scale on the fundraising, coming from you know thousands of dollars to one month in which there was $50 million for the Obama campaign in a month. That was a record in terms of fundraising. So all of this being viral, all this letting the community take you forward. Gian? I'm, I'm, I'm sort of curious. Can, is there any way to disentangle sort of this viable success? Uh, the, how much of it can you attribute to Obama himself as an individual and sort of kind of being this unique um, sort of uber politician from getting involved with social media? You know, I mean, how, how can you, you know, where, where's the line and how much do you attribute to actually involvement with social media and how much do you attribute to just the man himself? Well, I would say that Obama is a PR person's dream because he delivers speeches with a cadence and with a reverence that we haven't seen since John F. Kennedy, really. So that part of right. the candidate is wonderful packaging, if you will. And and I also think he's very astute in terms of policy for a man who's in his late 40s and, and knowledge of issues. With that said, he had really zero or nothing to do with the social media uh, scaling of this campaign and the election other than to find some of the right people to run his campaign. Uh, this was about uh, volunteer movement, and he called it m- a movement, and it became movement politics. Uh, when I, as a suburban Virginia dad, bring my 16-year-old to Iowa to walk the streets in zero degrees, you know it's it's a movement. Right. <laughs> you know, we didn't go because Slim we thought it was a great vacation. Yeah. It wasn't a great vacation destination last uh, December. So, <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Great anyway, education. Cold time. Yeah. I think that the ability to seed conversation, to mm-hmm. leverage community, and to uh, create um, movement politics in a way that was authentic drove a lot of America to, to look to this person as kind of a symbol of that movement. But it could have been someone else. It didn't have to be Obama. He was just there, right place, right time, and it was his moment, as he said. He could have waited to run four more years, eight more years. I mean, he's 48 or something. So. You know, it was the the moment right. in which there was an inflection point between how social media changed the the media landscape and how politics is being managed today. Right. Um, we do need to, unfortunately, go to our very first commercial break. But when we get back, I'd like to dig a little deeper into what Gian was saying, because I know that when it comes to political campaigns, um, the the research and the dissection of um, of, of voter adoption is, you know, highly fine-tuned. So I'd love to see how you were crafting the messaging that was enrolling people, where you really saw that tipping point take place, and which forms of social media you could attribute to various um, market segments and demographics. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Your company's website sucks. You know it. Everybody knows it. So get a to-do list to fix it. On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7. Analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it. So that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. 
This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Fired up with Gordon Rudo. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt of WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to this extremely interesting uh, edition of Cover Story. I am joined, of course, with my terrific co-host, Jian Wei of famed PR Web. And our featured guest today is Mike Smith. Of uh, He's CEO of Mike Smith Business Development as well. On the sixth anniversary of the Obama campaign, he launched his very own Mike Smith Public Relations, or I should say Public Affairs uh, Corporation. Welcome back to the both of you. Thanks, Brandy. Good to be here. Yay. So prior to the break, we were discussing... Um, really this this whole you know utilizing grassroots in a different way um, through social media on the web and seeing that create such a huge landslide in adopting um, delegates and adopting voters and obviously raising a ton of funds for Obama and um, Gian had brought up a good point you know what was the tipping point and what were some of you know talk let's talk about like the the rollout of um, the campaigns, the various campaigns, and how you guys were able to connect with each state, with each socio group and demo group, so that they connected and they in turn became evangelists for Obama. Well, it really was quite a scientific approach, as you said, uh, with uh, top researchers and demographic information, uh, psychographic information. You know, uh, black voters at the beginning didn't go with Obama right away. Uh, John Edwards had some good uh, support there, and it took uh, a win and then some movement into the Carolinas to convince those voters to vote for the black candidate. So that that was an interesting thing. Um, women voters, young people, and again, I said 87% of first-time voters went Obama. The, each one was segmented as an audience and looked at in terms of the right kinds of messaging within the policy framework. You set a platform and you set policy statements 
that you believe in and that you want to convey to the voters, but how you nuance them and how you present them can help sway a voter to come to the polls. Key to any election is you have to get the caucuses and the uh, the primaries mm-hmm. to have your voters at the polls. And that's difficult because Americans just don't vote in primaries and caucuses. Right. Uh, our... our uh, you know, rate of voter uh, apathy is pretty high. And so in the general election this time, we had record turnouts. But, you know, in the smaller states of Iowa, New Hampshire, Texas, uh, and the Carolinas, not so much. Obama won Iowa, then he lost New Hampshire. Well, that's and a that small state. a lot of urgency. So let me ask you a question, though. Ta- let, let's talk about some of the specific campaign campaigns that were deployed, how you built them, and some measurable results that allowed you to continue forward. Well, I mentioned the tech surrogate program, which was one group uh, that I was directly involved in, where we had uh, almost 90% of the technology community CEOs were pro-Obama, believed in his policies, and believed his use of the Internet would help their companies, obviously, and would leverage uh, future technology jobs. So those folks were willing to go on the road, uh, private jet or on a bus. didn't matter. They were willing to go on the road and speak for Obama. Gian, we weren't invited. <laughs> We've, we should have been invited star. on the private I don't jet know if I'm tour. Quite on the, the same level as kind of the Eric Schmitz and the uh, new marks out there, but I, I appreciate the, the voice. I, I, I do believe that that we should have been on the private jet. Yeah, I know. You're, tech, nice. zar, you're tech, uh, tech zarina, you know, instead of tech. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and indeed, young people came out from uh, from every quarter of America to volunteer for this campaign because there was a real call to action, a movement. I mean, to be honest, I, I studied politics at Northwestern as well as journalism and uh, have always been interested in it. I lived in Washington since uh, 1977 and uh, grew up there, went to high school. Uh, first girl I ever kissed was Nancy Rehnquist, the Supreme Court justice's daughter. Uh, <laughs> wow. first guy ever... You're lucky to still be alive. <laughs> I know. First guy, first guy I ever uh, got caught drinking beer with was John Luger, the son of Senator Luger from Indiana, who's now ranking on uh, foreign lo- relations. I love that you're outing yourself all over the show. This is great. <laughs> and uh, you know, I went friend? to Langley High School. I went to Langley High. There's only two things in Langley. One of them's my high school. Yeah, um, high school. And when we ran track, they would follow us from the CIA with cameras. They would watch <laughs> us go around the track to make sure we weren't uh, coming over the fence. Because <laughs> so, I know you're a rocket speed bike. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. I, so anyway, that's all I'm, just nuance. I'm curious about. I'm kind of. I'm actually from DC too, and I've I've worked in public affairs in the area for for quite some time. And and I'm just. I have a cultural question to ask you, and that's when it comes to kind of government and politics. I think there's there's traditionally been this notion that. There's kind of an old school way of doing things and things get done in D.C. through relationships. And so much of social media is kind of disintermediating those relationships and, and creating new ones between people, you know, who are, who are in, in a lot of ways just really distanced by space and time. Why has Washington and why has, why, why has Washington been so eager to kind of look at social media as a new vehicle given its culture? John, that's a great question, and that's why I started Mike Smith Public Affairs. I really think that Washington's ready for change. And in fact, in my 30-plus years of being here, it hasn't changed much. Uh, but Obama and the team coming in and all the cabinet officials have promised a new day and have promised openness and transparency in government and accountability from government. And, you know, looking at budget uh, where there's so much pork barrel and getting rid of that pork politics. So I think that 
really what business needs to do is adapt to the way that this administration is going and businesses that are on the leading edge, associations that understand how they can rally their employees or rally their members and move people uh, in a populist way are going to be more successful. So in my view, it's time now for social media and politics to integrate and for government affairs uh, shops like mine to create an environment where politici- politicians are tweeting from the Senate floor. I mean, that's unusual um, that, uh, you know, you have this kind of um, understanding now that we have to be in touch with our people more directly. A politician used to clip the weekly papers in their state to see what uh, people were writing about and what was in the local editorial page. Now they can just tweet directly and have a conversation in a social media way. Uh, and not just Twitter, but also uh, personal blogging, um, you know, Congress and, and CEOs trying to have more of a dialogue that does disintermediate the media or does uh, not involve K Street and Gucci shoes anymore. So right. populism and power to the people is what I say. Yeah, and I and I think I hear what what you're saying is you know yes, you know D.C. is deep rooted in um, you know its own personal history, and when you have such a behemoth as you know, it's so funny because D.C. on its own is very small um, geographically, but massive, obviously. Um, to the rest of the world and it is difficult to change something you know a battleship so to speak churns slowly but I think they realized that they were losing control of the American people because the American people were speaking almost a foreign language and you need to be able to speak that language in order to enroll the people that you need to stand behind you that's incredibly insightful. I think they were losing the American people. I think the electorate was completely disenchanted. I think voters felt disenfranchised. I think many of us felt powerless. And now we've got this president who created this, just this gelling effect. I mean, he was the symbol of us saying, that's enough. We want a different kind of politics. We don't want to be in this war. Uh, whatever the matter was, you know, we have to withdraw carefully. Iraq still has issues, as we saw just this week, uh, with some bombings. But we have to do things honestly and transparently. We can't have, you know, secret groups torturing, or we can't have uh, renditions going to foreign countries where we're going to hurt someone. And so, for a whole lot of reasons, there was emotion and passion around change. And that's all Obama's message was. It was a single bumper sticker that said change. And uh, I think you're seeing now the fruits of that where uh, the economy is ticking up a little bit, uh, health care reform where it would be for everybody, for everyone. In, you know, the hospitals and health care systems and insurance companies do not want health care reform. But now the movement politics is so great, they have to get on board. They have to join the dialogue. And that's what I think is different. It's the dialogue. Let's do this. And we're going to continue our great dialogue here. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at bruceclay.com. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. 
Andy. Hey, Jim, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to Offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC Profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our final segment of Cover Story uh, for this Wednesday. My goodness, it goes entirely too quickly. Of course, I'm joined by my tremendous co-host, Jian Wei, um, the superbly brilliant mind over at PR Web. And our, um, I see you blushing, Jian. He blushes so easily, people. I'm so embarrassed right now. Oh, please. But he does. So when you see him in public... Say something embarrassing to him because it's really fun to watch him blush. Um, and our featured guest today, uh, who is Michael Smith, both of um, you know, Michael Smith Business Development and his very new and extremely exciting venture, Michael Smith Public Affairs. Welcome back, both of you. Great to be back. Yay. This is terrific. Thank you so much. Yeah, so this is, I mean, so we're having some really interesting conversations. It's about dialogue. You know, you were talking about, you know, people feeling disenfranchised, people not showing up at the polls and the caucuses and the whole nine yards. And now, you know, allowing people to feel like they're claiming stake in what happens to them because they're being heard, or at least the, the interpretation is they're being heard. And, and it's a weird analogy, but, you know, every child feels good when they get to write a letter to Santa. You may not get what sure. you want, but, you, you you know, you write a letter to the North Pole. You feel like you had something to do with the experience. You felt like you participated. You felt like you were, your vote counted. You felt like you were mm-hmm. heard. And that uh, if you're not answered immediately or directly, at least you're in the game. Exactly. Let me let me let me piggyback off off your analogy there, Brandy. Though, because I have a question, I want to I want to get your opinion on the potential negative here. And l- let me just frame this in the Santa question. So, everyone writes a, a letter to Santa. I did until I was, you know, eighteen or nineteen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and everyone writes, and they feel like you know they're in this dialogue with Santa Claus. But at the end of the day. Santa Claus is a fictional character, and there's no way that Santa Claus can be in a one-to-one dialogue with this many people. Now, if you look over at Twitter, for example, right? I mean, the Twitter community, I think, relatively speaking, on an objective scale, so kind of contained. Now, as that scales, these one-to-one dialogues 
really just become impossible. How can you scale these one-to-one dialogues between the congressmen on the floor, you know, athletes tweeting or politicians? It just becomes impossible. And so I wonder, is there some, is there some point at which there's just, you know, it, this, this notion that enough is enough and, and that it, we can't all live in this flat world of communications? Well, I think you know that Twitter's grown 6,000% in the last three months in terms of participation. Sure. And when we're talking one-to-one in cyberspace, it really isn't one-to-one, is it? It's it's one-to-many. It's mm-hmm. one-to-a-large group. But you feel as if you're having a direct connection with an audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of politics, you're right. Obama won't be Santa Claus. He won't be delivering presents to every constituency. What we hope this right. administration is doing, and it's just been six months, and look at all the progress we've made in, in uh, reform areas and in the economy, that you, you would hope that uh, there's good dialogue and discussion about what the right thing is to do and the best compromises possible. We won't get everything on health care, but we will get, I think, public health care for the first time ever. Uh, and just as Teddy Kennedy goes into his elder years, he's been working on our 40 years, we may well get uh, a chance to have a safety net for everybody in this country. So it won't be perfect, but I think we're all at the table now. And what Brandy talks about is it feels one-to-one, but I think in social media, mm-hmm. one-to-one is changing. It's, it's one-to-one in the context of the cloud, in the context of everyone hearing that one-to-one conversation. So I can retweet or I can put a hash mark and be at a conference and tell that small group. Uh, I can uh, do an at sign and directly respond to somebody's tweet that I think is interesting. And remember, so many of the people in this community are journalists, politicians, thought leaders. That's who's leading the way in social media, at least on that platform. Uh, If you're a blogger, you can be anybody and stand up what used to be kind of a journalistic publication. Now it's a blog. Um, and that brings its own inherent uh, questions, but at least you have a voice. You you send it out into the world, and you see what sticks. Yeah, I mean, so, and you brought up a, you you brought up a good point because I was actually going to make this point, which is you know when you write to Santa, and then you don't get a present from Santa because Santa can't you get possibly, upset. you know you get upset. But like at least most kids have their parents who got them a present, or, or you know you you have some sort of easing, you know the scenario. Um, you know, and a parent, and a parent who manages expectations, hopefully, right? And uh, you know, that's what we do in, in government affairs is to try to manage expectations for our clients. A CEO will come in and say, "I want this. I want part of this stimulus money, or I need uh, money for the cars for cash program, uh, the junkers program that's going on right now, or can you can you move some money into this federal IT budget so we can sell more computers?" Um, that is kind of a Santa Claus list. To take this analogy way too far now because mm-hmm. we've been on it a long time. But, you know, it is, it is a Santa Claus list. But you level expectations. You say, you know, you're not going to get directed stimulus funding. But if you join the Auto Dealers Association, NADA, mm-hmm. and you're part of this group that wants to help sell new cars, uh, that $1 billion fund for new cars for $4,500 on a rebate on your old junker is already gone in one and a half months. Congress sees such demand and such public interest in getting rid of old polluting cars for new energy efficient cars, mm-hmm. they're probably going to put another billion into it. Right. So that's the public voting with their pocketbooks. And that's the auto dealer saying, you know, I've got a lot full of cars. I can't get rid of them. What am I going to do? Uh, and, and it becomes an economic um, Christmas present for them. Right. Very well said. Although, of course, we can... And let's, and let's move off the Santa. <laughs> well, no. And you know what? The unfortunate thing is there's so many things to discuss 
um, you know, I really love for us to be able to get granular and understanding, you know, how you have put into place, you know, some of these campaigns, what complements, you know, historically, even though we don't have a lot of history here from a social media perspective, what complements, um, what what first steps are, how to know where to adopt and when to abandon. And, you know, Mike, you're such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this. We've unfortunately come to the end of this radio show. But well, Mike, let me let me just make one plug for the PRSA. I'm going to speak at the Public Relations Society of America in San Diego in uh, November, and it's about what I learned on the Obama campaign and how we as public affairs practitioners can use that to empower our customers and our clients. And I think it really is just lessons learned. That's what we're going for here. Um, you know, it's instructive, and we should take the best of what we saw in the last year and a half, the best of America, the best of our spirit, uh, the best country, and, and translate that now to the PR and PA profession. Absolutely, which is ever, which is an ever-expanding and changing landscape. But I think one of the most important components to any business plan today is public relations and public affairs. Um, unfortunately, we do need to conclude for today. But, Mike, can I invite you back for part two? Would love it and would love to, uh, to think about these questions you've raised because both of you raised such stimulating questions. I would like to come back with some better answers. Hey, so you, did, you did great. But we, you know what? There's so much to go over. We just scratch the surface. The next time we'll delve a little deeper. We'll, we'll have to write a Christmas list of questions uh, for oh. next time. Oh, there you go. I'll write my Hanukkah list, and you can write your Christmas list, and we'll just overwhelm you, Mike. Sounds great. Mike, thank you. I have you. to make sure you're naughty and you're nice. I mean, we'll have to put you on the list. I know, but it's pretty easy to figure out which one of us would be naughty and which one would I be nice. I think I know. I think I know. That's terrific. Um, very special thanks, obviously, to my terrific co-host, Gian Wei of PR Web. If you guys are not using PR Web, you're silly. It is the world's largest online visibility company, and you need to be visible out there. Uh, and of course, Mike Smith doing all sorts of super exciting things. You can work with him both over at Mike Smith Business Development Inc. or you can work with him with his new public affairs company. Either way, it's a sure hit to be a win. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin and uh, Gian and I will be back with you next Wednesday. 